It is Locked on Jazz for the 3rd of March. The Utah Jazz win their ninth in their last 10 games, but uh, the defensive woes late leave a lot to be desired. Donovan Mitchell's dominance was outstanding, and we continue, we'll break down what he's doing and how he figured out to get even better yet again. And Mike Conley's role in the clutch is different, and boy, is he ever clutch. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast of Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can hit the subscribe button and the bell to be notified any single time. Every single time we post an episode, you can also Follow for free on all of your podcast platforms. Special hello to the crew this morning. Ray, Spencer, Aaron, Matt, Tyler, Paul, Lacey, Dalen, all Bryce, Mark, Matt, all jumping in early. Great chat room that we have. Kind of a nice little community that's been built through this YouTube format of people um, as well. Jazz have won nine of ten and Donovan Mitchell continues to just be otherworldly. Um, I've kind of said it all year. We can talk about all the fringe pieces and this and that and all those kind of things. But frankly, where our stars go is what will carry us. And Donovan was brilliant and not right in last year's playoffs. Can we make him be right? He's got a career high right now in field goal percentage, two-point percentage, effective field goal percentage, and steals. I don't know what the number was last night. He came in 21 of his last 38 on off-the-bounce threes. I think he was a little lower. I think he was probably slipped a little bit last night. Might be down to 50%. He had his eighth game of his last 14 in which he was over 30 points. It's really remarkable what we're seeing out of him. He is just an unstoppable force on the offensive end. He's the number one pick and roll combination in all of the league. And he's the number one pick and roll guard in all the league. He and Rudy are the number one pick and roll combination. Frankly, he and Royce are number three and number four. Are he and Whiteside. And they really, it's an incredible um, run that he's on and his development and how he's gotten better. Uh, I was talking to Steven Silas yesterday before the game, the Rockets head coach. We we're just talking about his hesitation. There was a play last night where Donovan gets in the lane, literally just stopped, held, held his position, came to a complete stop, brought the ball together, swung through the defensive arms, and put it up in it. That is a play he just never would have made 18 months ago, maybe 12 months ago. If I get a chance to talk to him today, I will. Um, we're not flying with them today, so I'm not sure I'll get that opportunity. Though I'm not sure I would have gotten that opportunity if we were flying together. I talked to him last night about life and decided not to use that opportunity for it, so it's my fault because I had the chance after the game to chat to him about it, but I thought just to find out how he was was better. Um, and so, I, you know, when you look at that, you're just seeing the development. I think he took one mid-range jumper last night when it was forced. He's playing the pick and roll. Whenever they go under, he makes them pay. He's walking into threes on the on the pull-up. Uh, 
that are just kind of it's beyond what you would naturally expect a player to do. Um, he is an elite level player. Monty Williams the other day referenced him on the pick and roll the same way you talk about Dame Lillard and Steph Curry. Uh, we've we've talked about the Dame Lillard part for a long, long time. When does the off the bounce three, you know, suddenly give him that realm of being able to become that player? And that's a little bit what we're seeing out of him right now is is that development. If we look at his career development in his shooting, so right now on the pull-up three, he's at 37.2%. It's one of the best numbers in all of the league. That is a really high rate. Last year on the pull-up three, he took the jump. That's when he got better. He went to 36% last year, and in 1920, the pull-up three, he was, you know, he was a 40% catch and shoot three-point shooter till ever was at 32%. So he went 32 in 1920 to 36 last year, which a lot of people credit to the open arenas and not having fans there. And this year he's jumped to 37%. It's really awesome. And it's one of the elite numbers in the league at six a game. At over four a game, Scott Rogers, our great um graphics, Chiron is what they call it guy um, told me that Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell are two of the best in all of the NBA. If you go and take the pull-up shooting numbers to four again, so often now there aren't many guys who take four off the bounce threes. We take more off the bounce threes than any team in the NBA. It's a little bit, you know, kind of what we do, but if you take the off the bounce numbers and suddenly run it, that you've got to take at least four of the game. And it's my, you know, then you end up with the best in the league is Donovan Mitchell at 37.2. I have, uh, maybe it was three game. I have Steph Curry is number two at 36.9. Trey Young at 36.4. CJ McCollum is next at 35. There's of guys who take at least four threes a game off the bounce. For a game off the bounce, there's only three guys that shoot above 35%. C.J. McCollum, Trey Young, Stan Mitchell. It's why a lot of the coaches and people in the league, you know, to some extent are willing to, to give up that shot at times. If you go to three, Mike Conley's at 4.0. I apologize. Uh, well, I had not, I did not have the equal sign. So if Mike, if you include Mike Conley at 4.0, He's at 42% off the bounce. He's the best in the NBA by four and a half percentage points. I knew Scott was right. And Donovan's next at 37.2, then Steph Curry, then Trey Young. What that's allowing Donovan to do, play the pick and roll. You have to go over. Now you see Donovan with this new ability and this new strength of being able to slow down, play in the paint, not be rushed all the time. If you watch Jalen Green, over, like he's always fast, always going quickly. Donovan used to be that way. It used to always be this wild drive to the basket and he either got there with that scoop and his off-footed scoop or not. This is where Donovan has made the comments that learning how to play on the ground last year with the ankle injury have really helped him. And th- we're seeing that manifest itself on the floor. The other thing is, though, we've actually seen this before. And, you know, as I, sometimes players create narratives that make them feel better, make them feel they're having growth because that's what builds their confidence. Pre-ankle injury last year, Donovan was doing this. 
If we go back last year and start it, what was March 18th? It was game 40 through game 56. It's a 16-game stretch. Donovan averages 31 points a game. Four rebounds, five assists. He shoots 48%, 39% from three. He busts out 42-point performance against Washington in a loss. He busts out a 41-point performance against Phoenix in a loss. He goes 42 against Sacramento and another 42 against Washington. And he drops 30 in four other games in that stretch. This is the next closest stretch to in Donovan's career to anything. What's different about this stretch is he's putting his stamp on the game in the opening moments. So if you look at when since he came back from the concussion against Brooklyn, in that first game he only played six minutes in the first quarter. And then he kind of gets into his routine, and he plays nine against the Knicks, and he scores seven points. Against the Warriors, he has a bad first quarter. Against Orlando, he scores 11. Against the Rockets, he scores nine. Against the Lakers, he scores 15. Against the Mavericks, he scores nine. Against the Suns, he scores 11. Against the Rockets, he scores 13. In his last six first quarters, he's averaging over 10 points a game. So he's putting his stamp down early. You've got a game plan. You've got a scouting report. All you prepared for was how to stop Donovan Mitchell. And in the first quarter, he is putting it on you to show you that you're not going to be able to slow him down. It's pretty awe-inspiring, actually. It's kind of awesome. Mike Conley has a new role in the clutch or a different role than his regular role in the clutch, and he's nailing it. And we'll talk about it when we come back, continue on the show. Today's show is brought to you by Intercap Lending. Intercap Lending came back to Utah when Josh Romney opened them in 2016, and they've done amazing work. I was talking to a really good friend of mine whose wife's a realtor. She's like, I use Inter- she uses Intercap, and they're amazing. They get everything done. They don't even use Steve Carter. I like felt so bad that they didn't use Steve Carter. Steve Carter is simply the best. Steve Carter is our own personal loan officer at Intercap for you, and you get the locked on corporate discount. Call Steve Carter at 385-885-28 or email me at dlock09 at gmail.com and we will take care of you and give you uh, get you set up with Steve. Steve is our own personal loan officer at Intercap. They're hyper-responsive. They um, independently owned. They're able to do things on loans that other people aren't. But more importantly than that, Steve Carter is just attentive, detailed, and the best customer service. I've done two loans with him. Carl, my partner, has done a loan with him. There's a lot of talk of why you might want to do it now as the Fed's basically announced they're increasing interest rates. So give Steve Carter a call. Either you can call Steve Carter at 385-885-28 or you can email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. At least just find out what Steve Carter might be able to do for you. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Today's show is also brought to you by betonline.net. BetOnline, great place for you with basketball season continuing on and all that's taking place right now uh, to get into the action, the latest odds, totals, player performance, props, to where the next coach's fire is going to be land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains... The best spot for all your sports scores, podcast news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, odds, right to Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today to, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
I wonder what we what do we have tonight? Do we have any game? Last night, Denver finally lost. The West Coast teams, other than the Warriors, that are in the top six spots, were all eight and two in their last ten going into last night's game. Crazy. Simply like the Jazz had not made any inroads on Memphis, and they had not made any ground away from Dallas. Teams that are playing tonight, Memphis is a one-point favorite over Boston. I think there's a better chance that Memphis catches Golden State than we catch Memphis, if I'm being totally. Dallas is a one-and-a-half-point favorite against Golden State. That one's worth watching. Probably rooting for the Warriors there. Like a little space if we want four and get home court, we'd want a little space. Lakers-Clippers tonight, um, that's kind of like watching a train, you know, watching car accidents and watching you know, boxing matches for knockouts, um, but probably worth uh, tuning into. I'm sure I will. Your championship odds, the Celtics are actually uh, off the board right now for some reason. Uh, Maybe the Jalen Brown injury. Phoenix is plus 425. Warriors are plus 450. Brooklyn's plus 675. Bucks with a big win last night, plus 675. 76ers looking great with Harden at plus 675. Miami plus 1,000. The Jazz have slipped to plus 1,800. We win 9 of 10, and our championship odds keep slipping at betonline.net. Let's see what Aaron has to say. Question in the chat room. It seems whenever we use the entire artillery, whether Mike Boyan or even Rudy Lobs, rather than just rely on Donovan Hero Ball, it's paid off. Mike shooting over 50% during clutch play. Correct. Um, Mike is over. I don't know if he's shooting over 50%. He's shooting over 50% um, on threes. Uh, he's 12 of 23, I think, on threes. So I think there's a little bit of a misnomer here on this. Late in the game, you're not going to run the same. Coaches just don't do it. They don't run the same kind of set plays for an individual. So we're not going to run the pin you down for Boyan probably in that kind of <clears throat> setting. Um, you're not going to run a set play for Mike to come off a curl. You're going to you're gonna likely run a Donovan Mitchell pick and roll at the top, You can do some different things to it out of a timeout maybe, but you're going to want to make sure that, you know, who has the ball, where they have the ball, when they're getting the ball, and how they're getting the ball, and how they're getting their shot. And that is Donovan Mitchell at the top probably playing either ISO because they're going to switch everything one through five, so you might as well pick the guy you want. So you might get some sort of small, small interchange to try to get Jalen Green in the ball like we did last night. And then Donovan's going to go to work. Like, he's our guy. And he goes to work. Now, can do they collapse and he kicks out? Um, if they don't collapse and they don't kick out, then Donovan is going to be shooting. And so I think some of the hero ball stuff is a little mislabeled. Now, Donovan's usage rate in the clutch this year is way down compared to what it was last year. And I do think that's better. I think he had the highest usage rate of any player in the league in the clutch. And this year you're seeing the ball get out a little bit more um, to other players. And I do I do think that that is probably Donovan's growth. I don't think it's what I, the only thing I'm kind of quibbling with with your comment is it implies, I think, that there's a coaching decision there. And I, I actually think if we go back and look at the play calls late in games this year, that they're very similar to a year ago. Um, because you really, unless there's some specific reason you're not going to run a boy on pin down. So this year in the clutch, Donovan's taking 61 shots and 15 free throws. Mike's taking 43 and Boyan's taking 37. Donovan's shooting 39. Mike's shooting 49 with a 52 from three. Boyan's shooting 46 with a 37% from three. Their free throws are all somewhat close. Last year, it was really much more one-sided. 
Last year, Donovan took 54 shots. Boyan took 34, and Mike took 24. So it was now Boyan was really poor in the clutch last year. It was nine of 34, 32 of the 34 were threes. Um, and he only shot 27%. Mike was brilliant. He, Mike was five of 10 from three. This is kind of crazy. I didn't realize this. Mike Conley now over the last two years is over 50% from three. Um, he went two of 11 in 1920. So we'll stop looking at that. So 2021 and 2122, he was five of 10 in 2122. From three in the clutch, he's now 12 of 23. So he's 17 of his last 33 in the clutch uh, from three. That's pretty darn um, incredible. Um, is there a trend to Curry with Conley and Rudy being negative in the plus minus call in the past few games? It's interesting, Ryan. I was actually talking to a coach after the game about that, like why that's going on. Um, it has to do with the fact that our bridge lineup is not as it's a good question by Ryan. Um, our bridge lineup is not what it once was that our best lineup used to be that closing lineup or that bridge lineup between the first and second quarter and the second and the uh, third and fourth quarter. So last night that lineup played and was minus three in the first stint. Um, it only played Rudy Gating come into late in the third quarter and it only played a few minutes. It was plus two. So that lineup was minus one yesterday um, where you, you know, that used to be a big, huge positive. And it's just a different lineup now with Gay, Clarkson, House, uh, Conley and Gobert. They, and they've got to figure that out. The negative is generally coming there. Um, the close of the first half last night was a minus five. And the close of the fourth quarter for that lineup was a minus three. Um, so that's a little bit where, you know, Mike and Mike had a negative 12 in his fourth and he and Rudy had a negative 12 in their fourth quarter stint last night. That's what got them um, negative. But yeah, it's, it's just very different than what we're used to. What's different right now about Mike Conley is the ball is going to come up in Donovan's hands. And so Mike is a second side pick and roll player or catch and shoot player right now in the clutch. And that's a really different role for him that he's, pro he's had to adapt to. He's killed it, right? We just talked about he's 50% from three. And I think that's, you know, it's interesting that his first year with us, he was two of 11 from three. And now he's over 50%. He's one of the best shooters in the world. He's great off the bounce. His catch and shoot game is otherworldly. And I think that you have, um, that he, what you're seeing is that he's become comfortable to understand exactly what we're, we were talking about earlier. That Donovan's bringing it up. Donovan's making the initial play. And then from there, you're going to have Mike, you know, get get some other action. Now, he's not, you know, this year he is not without playing an occasional pick and roll. If Donovan doesn't get something, you can swing to Mike and Mike can now come on the other side with a pick and roll that is going to be able to give you an opportunity. But you also can't leave Mike and you can't leave Boyan. And that's where this gets really interesting. So if you can run, you know, Royce is going to be the one they leave if he's on the floor. Rudy's going to roll the basket. You can't leave him. And that allows Donovan to make the plays he's making and allows Donovan to be the number one pick and roll guard in all the NBA with all of his skill and with that lineup of where guys are spaced and how they're spaced at all times. Now, the bridge lineup doesn't have that anymore, right? Because the bridge lineup doesn't have the shooting of Joe Ingles of a year ago. Rudy Gay's not shooting it well. Um, and, you know, his size allows him to get off some contested shots that aren't going. And then 
you know, it, whether it's Forrest or House, they're not great shooters. So we're a little bit different um, in that lineup than we have been. So it doesn't give quite the same opportunity for the Jazz to be able to make those same plays. But for Donovan, and and this is and Mike, this is a this is a different role to him. But you've if you're the opposing opposing team, you've got to be super cognizant of where Mike Conley is right now. And so Donovan can play his pick and roll, get in the lane. That pass where he's falling to the ground, finds Mike in the right corner for the three, and the regulation was just other other world. Um, and really uh, something else. The biggest question on every Jazz fan's mind is why are we losing these leads? So let's dig in. We're going to dig into a play-by-play of that fourth quarter. Um, and what did we, what fell apart? And is this, in fact, the reoccurring theme of teams playing five out, Rudy's defensive impact being negated, and us not being able to defend that, which has been our bugaboo um, for about two years now and feels like with the season wrapping that that bugaboo is still with us? Is that accurate? We'll look at that um, and as we continue on today's show. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Rock Auto. You know, I got it. Like, it feels like you just go down to the store, get it, but it's not easier, and it costs more. Uh, and you kind of sometimes get that pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning about well, what kind of car, what model, because they cannot have enough stock in a brick-and-mortar store the way that Rock Auto can So you can save time and you can save money using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers with over 20 years. They're old school, do it kind of easy to navigate, old school website kind of catches you. And then you realize, yeah, right. They're not spending money on this. They're not spending money on marketing. They're not spending on sponsorships for things. They're spending money so that you, they're going to get you. You can get the brake pads, parts, the tail lamps, the motor oil, whatever it is your car needs at a lower rate. Maybe sometimes as much as 30, 50, or even a hundred percent more uh, less than what you're not a hundred percent less. Cause that'd be free. So you'd, you would spend 30 to 50 or hundred percent more explore their easy to use website today. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car truck, right? Locked on in the, how'd you hear about a section? It's amazing selection. It's reliably low prices. It's all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Thanks very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. And Locked On Now is available for you. A recap of all the night's action. You can hear from the Bucks and the Nets. Uh, Bucks and the Heat after that crazy game uh, last night. And see what's going on there. Plus with Philadelphia, all the incredible uh, progress they're making with the likes of that crazy uh, guy, James Harden. He's not crazy. He's just really, really good. And he's all of a sudden really, really healthy. Funny how that works. Uh, as Philadelphia looks outstanding. The East playoffs are going to be amazing. And everyone has Boston as kind of the hidden team while all this other stuff's going on. So that, that's going to be nuts. All right, let's go to it. We were up last night by 14. So, you know, one answer is this is just the NBA. Uh, I, I think we're kind of, I think Jazz fans are kind of, done with that answer, right? The feeling is that this is happening too much. We've lost a bunch of 10-point leads this year. We've lost fourth quarter leads that we didn't used to lose. So it was 104 to 106 to 92 when Donovan hits a layup with 620 left. And then K.J. Martin hits a three. All right, that is the Jazz game plan at that point is to leave Rudy in the middle to have the uh, have uh, boy on guard Christian Wood and have KJ Martin 
left open in the corner. Martin shoots 36% from three, so he's he's not a he's not a hack. Um, Jay Sean Tate was hurt. That's the guy they usually do that with. Martin is a 29% corner three shooter in his career. And he buries the first three. Okay? So that you're playing the numbers. This is our system. Try to keep Rudy in the middle. Boyan takes a really bad quick three. I haven't got a shot in a while. Shot. They rebound off it. Quick, pretty good transition. And Christian Wood cuts for a layup off of Kevin Porter. Th- layup. And, and they're beginning to play a two-man game here with Kevin Porter and Christian Wood that causes us a little problem. And in this case, Whiteside's in the game. And Whiteside doesn't slide. You know, he's supposed to be shadowing the middle. And he doesn't, he doesn't really get it done. Like, he doesn't shadow the middle. He actually gets uh, hit below the belt on that play. So, you know, not something we want to criticize a guy for on that play. But he comes over late. Christian Wood slides. The, pl- the whole defensive concept is that you have, you have, you know, the big in the middle. So that exactly that can't happen. Um, and they slipped it well because the Jazz are playing Royce O'Neal and Boyan Bogdanovich or what, there, whatever combination. And they're going to switch that pick and they switch it. Donovan misses a layup and they get out on a pretty good break. And uh, Jalen Green gets a, you know, we have a transition breakdown seven seconds after the shot. Jalen Green as you know, Donovan has that just wide open layup dunk that he just misses. And then they fast break it the other way and Jalen Green packs it. Okay. So now this is, you know, that's just Donovan misses a wide open layup. Like what are the chances of that? Fairly limited, not going to happen very often, but it just did. And now it's a seven point game. Clarkson goes to the free throw line, makes two, uh, they get an offensive rebound, kick out Martin Jr., same corner three. We had a minute ago. He makes it. It's now a six-point game. Rudy gets called for an offensive foul on a pick that he's probably set a hundred times all year. 108-104. Here we at half court set. And the Rockets now have a little momentum. They run a pick and roll, and they just absolutely get it and they do something interesting on this pick and roll that we haven't seen before this is maybe i think when i reviewed the game what quinn was talking about they rudy gobert is on the strong side with the ball the corner shooter he's guarding is in the strong side they run the play on gobert's side so now porter comes off the pick boyan shadowing him gobert actually can't have an impact here because Rudy is, the ball is now inside of Rudy to the basket, if that makes sense. Rudy's guarding the corner three shooter. Rudy's trying to stay in the lane. Martin drives, and he hands it off to Wood, who's on the right side of the lane. Rudy's on the left side. Because they ran the play on the left side of the floor. Rudy was on the left side of the floor. So that Porter's coming there. Rudy could maybe impact him, but he hands it off to Christian Wood, and and the Jazz actually are totally out of sorts defensively on that. It's a really interesting play by the Rockets. Give them credit. I don't know if they did on purpose. But the idea that they ran the pick and roll with the ball coming down on Rudy's side and Wood rolls on the other side, the Jazz, Bogdanovich is the big dropping that's suddenly defending two. That's not going to work. 
Royce would have to come in from the far side to stop Wood. That's probably not going to work. And Rudy is stuck on the near side. That's a pretty good, like when Quinn said after the game, they ran something that we're not entirely used to. That might have been it. Donovan misses a layup. It's pretty good. Like, okay, Donovan's missed two layups here. It's really what's happened here. Boy, we have an offensive foul, and Donovan's missed two layups. They turn it over. We get a layup. We're back up six. Green hits an eight-foot fadeaway 20 seconds into the shot clock. They make shots. Donovan misses a three. Gobert puts it back up in a monstrous effort with 255 left. We go back up six. Christian Wood hits a ridiculous step-back three that Rudy Gobert is defending. And by the way, Green's shot is like Rudy's all over him. These are prayers that go in, these next two. This is the ball just suddenly goes in. Rudy's all over Green on that play. There's no way that ball should go in. Wood's taking a step-back three over Gobert. There's no fault in the Jazz defense here. This is not the old-school Jazz defense failing late in games, whole same thing, spread out three. We've seen it before stuff. It's really not. Bogdanovich misses a three. O'Neal rebounds. Mitchell misses a tough step back three. The offense on that possession was good, gets two looks. Then Gobert, but then Gobert gets the rebound. He makes one of two free throws. 143 left, and they get another half-court bucket. And they don't run the same thing. This is why I kind of wonder if that other play was kind of a fluke. They run a two-man game, and the Jazz go back to traditional defense, and Rudy Gobert is going to guard Christian Wood. We're not doing the same thing. Porter gets in the lane. Gobert switches. And now Christian Wood's on Mike Conley on a mismatch and just overpowers him to the basket. Okay, that one's a little disturbing. That's They got a switch. Gobert got out of the middle, having to guard Kevin Porter. We have no secondary rim defense. And they go get a really easy bucket. Um, Conley makes drives, makes a terrible play, turns it over. Okay, we like we're not perfect. We make mistakes. Uh, Porter splits the free throws. Donovan splits the free throws. We now have thirty seconds left of the game, and another half court set out of a timeout. And they run a beautiful play out of a timeout where Porter inbounds it to Wood. He comes back and gets it. Royce is supposed to switch, and Royce just doesn't get there. Gets bogarted all the way to the basket. Gobert gets caught in kind of a no-man's land. He he actually shades back out to Kenyon Martin Jr.'s hit two threes. It's like post-traumatic syndrome of Terrence Mann. Instead of cutting off the lane at the basket, and Royce was never able to get back off the – Royce didn't switch well. He switched late. And couldn't get back in front. And Porter was really good at the momentum. So those are the plays. That the Christian Wood drive to the basket is not that Ru- is not that Rudy Gobert got pulled out. It's that if we get a switch and somebody else is guarding the ball, we're not great defensively. This last one is a little bit of that game where we're just not quite there. Martin hits the two threes. That's us playing that defensive style. So there is a little bit of you go five out and we're having a hard time. And there also was also some just ridiculous shot making, particularly by Christian Wood, Jalen Green, and some missed layups by Donovan that were really weird that led to fast breaks the other way. That had those not happened, we're never talking about any of these things. The offensive foul and Rudy kills a possession. Mike has a bad turnover. Like, we're going to make some mistakes. So, I'm a little bit on the same narrative 
that we've heard before that late in games teams go five wide and cause is difficult, but not as much as it probably felt at the time. And one we're not talking about if those other miracle plays don't happen. Jazz win it. They've won nine of ten. We'll go to New Orleans. New Orleans on fire. Can't wait to watch them uh, today on the plane. Uh, they just crushed Sacramento by 30. Mardi Gras can do that to teams. Um, but they crushed Sacramento by 30. We're gonna I'll watch them on the plane. All right, have a great one. This is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Jazz your first listen. Go listen to Locked On Now, either as a podcast or on Locked On NBA on your YouTube channel. Have a good one. Thanks.